Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans, about 100 movies, one cage. This is episode 110, Prisoners of the Ghostland from 2021. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And Mike, this is, according to my letterbox list, this is the 99th movie that I will have ranked for Nicolas Cage. So I think okay. he might have hit 100. It's unclear. I didn't look listen to past episodes. Who knows how many movies he's actually <laughs> in. But this is number 99. Amazing. Which means... Theoretically, yes, the movie where he plays himself could Ooh. be his hundredth movie. How about that? That'd be a great coincidence, or not a great coincidence. It would just be a coincidence. <laughs> so this movie is available to rent. It's in it's in select areas. Like it's in New York, it's in Brooklyn, it's in Manhattan, a couple places. It's not really near us in New Jersey, but it is mm-hmm. available to rent and own digitally on Amazon and a bunch of other services. It's also going to be on 4K and regular Blu-ray in like two months, mid-November. So you got to add it to the collection. Keep up the uh, 4 cage collection. Was this your first Scion Sono? I, I might be pronouncing that wrong, but I think that's how you I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's Scion Sono. Is this your first Scion Sono movie? Yes, the it director? is. Yeah, yeah. I have I have one I bought with the intent to watch. Which um, one? It's four hours. Oh, Love, Love Exposure. Ha- Love Exposure. That's his big one. Yeah, I bought it and I got it. I didn't know it was four hours, so mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, all right, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to watch it today. And then today became like two never. years. Right. <laughs> I've never seen that. I think that and Anti-Porno and one other one of his big ones. I've seen two others of his. I've seen Why Don't You Play in Hell, which was a Draft House okay. release, which is a blast. Cool. And then I've seen Tokyo Tribe which is a musical that's also a Yakuza gang war movie. Wow, that sounds cool. Also rules. All right. So I had a little bit of experience coming to Science. I know I was very, very, I was looking forward to this a great deal, for obviously Cage reasons, but also Science Sono reasons. And it's a weird one. It's, it's, a, it's a weird out, one. It's super out there. Like way weirder and tougher than I was expecting and like ready for maybe even. <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty, this is my intro episode. So I will uh, okay. do the quick plot summary. So basically we're post-apocalyptic. It's post-nuclear fallout, nuclear war, nuclear toxic poison, yeah. the land, world, yeah. whatever. The movie's a little bit Mad Max, mm-hmm. a little bit Turbo Kid, mm-hmm. a little bit uh, Bad Batch, <laughs> a little bit western a little bit old yeah. japanese samurai movie yeah i was thinking the good the bad and the weird came into mind very very good one yes the movie opens with nicholas cage robbing a bank mm-hmm. and we don't know when or what exactly happens we find out that that was probably 15 years ago maybe a while and ago because he's been i guess imprisoned maybe not ever since but for a while uh-huh and this in this town which seems like a normal kind of like it, does, it doesn't seem like the apocalypse has hit this town. Right. It's not normal, but it's not like... Right. It's, it's a clean town. It's not <laughs> suffering. Well, it's suffering in different ways. Right. And it is run by this, you know, maniacal madman known only as the governor. And his niece, Denise, just kidding. I think, it, Bernice, I th- I think it's, his, it's his niece or his, or his granddaughter. He calls everybody... He calls, he calls himself him Grandpa, but I think yeah. it's his... I don't know. It's unclear. Yeah. They also might not be related because he's just like... Right. He's abducting, essentially, or kidnapping or taking in beautiful young girls to, like, add to his harem. Mm-hmm. And she escapes, and he's like, I need you, Nicolas Cage, known only as Hero, that's all he's credited <laughs> as, to get her back. And by the way, I'm going to clad you in a leather suit that has bombs all over it that you won't know until you arm it yourself. 
And if you ever try to harm a woman or her, it's like I think it's you can't her hurt specifically. Her. Yeah, uh, it'll explode. Uh, so don't do that. Right. And you have three days, and she has to say her name into this thing on your arm. And if she does, we're all good. Yeah, you have extra time to get back. And then we'll unlock the, the deal, get you out of the gimmick, and you're good to go. But there is this thing called the ghost land, which is kind of like the wasteland. And there mm-hmm. are these sort of ethereal spirits that are malevolent. Yes. Neutral to malevolent. They're not necessarily evil, but they're not helpful. If you're if you if you're friendly with them, if you've known them in a previous sure. life, you could maybe strike a deal. And so he sets out, and things he finds her very quickly. Yeah, and then things don't exactly go smoothly from there. Right, and then eventually, you know, they they sort of build up an army, and they come back and they take out the governor yeah. and sort of free the town from his tyrannical ways, and you know, time resumes. Yeah, you know, I think that's uh, the best, the best you can do. I don't. Yeah, I just because I mean, there's a lot, m- there's a lot more that happens, and also not a lot more that happens. A lot of yeah. this is how it happens and how right. it looks. Yes, and the feel. Right, because it's neon soaked in points and completely desolate in other points. Right, and it's a real mixture of genres and aesthetics and it's, vibes. It's like a ultra mashup. Like I'm not entirely sure it's a completely successful but it's definitely interesting to watch and like try and figure out what the hell's going on and like what are all these influences and like what could it all mean and everything like it's very interesting to watch you know we were talking about before when we were getting food we were talking about the movie holy motors that we just covered for too fast too forever not too long ago on our patreon and you joined me and Joe, which talked about that, and we're like, I don't know that Joe liked it. I don't know that he didn't like it, but I don't think it's his kind of movie. And I feel like this, he would, if we watch this, the first thing he would say is, it looks beautiful. It's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. give me more. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would, li- he might, he would He would like this movie more than I think he liked Holy Motors. But I think the reason I bring up Holy Motors is that they're both, I think, worthy of being admired mm-hmm. because whatever the vision was that the director set out, Laos Carax or Sionzono, they seem to have achieved. Yeah. Whether or not that makes a good movie, your right. mileage may vary. Exactly. Well, that's the other thing, too, is like this is a Japanese director. Like His they... first English language film, I think, I believe. And And... American movies are not the way, like, the standard around the world, you know? And, like, this guy definitely, you know, as much as he might love American films and Nick Cage and action and all that kind of stuff, this is most definitely, like, way more of, like, a foreign Japanese structured film, which is sort of, like, more than three acts, okay? Like, way more, like, anything goes, like playing with time. I don't know. I just feel like the rules are way looser around the world than they are in America just when it comes to like film structure and stuff and so this way takes way advantage of that kind of thing like the pace is all over the place Mm -hmm. you know the structure's all over we're floating all over time and space and things and it's like you know very dreamlike and you know hopefully it doesn't put you to sleep at times but then there's those intense bursts of action and excitement and energy to kind of counterbalance all of that too you know, I'm really wondering, because I think this fits exactly in line. Like the, the the place that I saw the other two, I believe I saw the other two, for sure at least Tokyo Tribe, was at Fantastic Fest, which is very heavy on international and weird and genre and sci-fi and all of that, right? Yeah. And I don't know if I saw Why Don't You Play in Hell there, but I know that it's a draft house release and it's their kind of thing and it's the same kind of aesthetic or whatever. Right. 
if you're that, if you're into those kind of movies, you'll be able to approach this easily. I think that if you are into Silent Sona movies, you'll be able to approach this very easily. I think if you have followed Nicolas Cage's career, I think you're more sort of open-minded into like alternative kind of things. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that this is going to have the same kind of crossover success that like people who don't watch Nicolas Cage movies were like, oh my God, have you seen Pig? Oh yeah, no, no. Pig is way more accessible and like kind of more about like cage you know like i don't know if we got into it necessarily on our episode but like there was a movie about like this famous person who was well known who kind of disappeared for 15 years and like now he's back and like he's amazing that kind of mirrored cage's career in what movie is that in pig so in pig you have like the chef who was like famous and then it's like whatever happened to him and then he comes back and it was like oh he's always he still got it and that kind of feels like cage a lot of the time especially in you know, when that movie came out, people were like, oh, wow, he's still a dramatic actor. This feels more in the wheelhouse of, like, what people might expect to see nowadays more. <laughs> well, what's crazy about this movie is that obviously Cage is, to a certain extent, the star, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. not – he might be in, like, 40% of the movie, but, like, he's top-billed. He's more of a star than anybody else. But this is not necessarily a Nicolas – it is, but it's not necessarily a Nicolas Cage movie, right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of other things going on. The weird thing, or the – thing that I realized that I was like, huh, is that the governor role, the Bill Mosley role, is also a Nicolas Cage role. Uh, the Nick Cassavetes role, the psycho role, is also a Nicolas Cage role. Like, he's filling this movie with the types of performances and the types uh, of actors yeah. and the types of characters that Cage is either known to play or has played or people expect him to play. Interesting. And I'm just, because you could, in another, in another version of this, he could absolutely be the governor. It would have been great if he was. But if he played all both. three roles? Because <laughs> then there's the Nick Cassavetes role, like, where he's, like, the leader of the other people, right? Or whatever. Yeah, they were originally, like, the bank robbing duo, and then it kind of... Oh, no, sorry, not that guy. That guy oh. also, too. That I was I was thinking about the wrong guy. The other guy, the that. the guy with the glasses in the book. I don't know who that is. I thought... I, I, I'm misassociated, okay, mis- yeah, misattributed yeah, yeah. the actor. So Nick Cassavetes is the guy that he robbed the bank with, and I then believe he came it's all nuclear. Psycho. Okay, yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. So the other, but the other guy in the other town, who's okay. like their leader, yeah, yeah, is yeah. another kind of cage thing. And they're also kind of like Keanu things. Like the governor is kind of Keanu in the Bad Batch a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, it's very like I said. I think like those are like the American influences, right? Like that. Those are the roles and and like sort of the characters. Like you said, like you find in a lot of like these wacky kind of crazier cage movies, maybe even cage roles and stuff. And so he sort of occupied the film with like all of like this Western sort of like stuff. But like, again, it doesn't play like that. Like it still plays like its own beast and its own thing and and thing like that. So but I do I actually think the rest of the performances in this movie are are stellar. Like everybody's good. Like Cage is so much fun to watch in this. Yeah. So we have the other main star really is Sofia Butella. Which, this is such a dumb thing for me to say, but every time I see her with all four limbs, I'm like, that's weird. Because, like, I'm, I found her in Kingsman, right? Where she's yeah. got, like, blade limbs. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, right, no, she's just, she has all, she's Oh, you I know, thought something bodied. happened to her in that one movie I didn't see where it's like a um, a dance party nightmare. Oh. That she's in, does she lose a body part oh, in what that, was that What's that movie called? Yeah. <laughs> Ecstasy, I think. Is it Ecstasy? No. God damn it. Oh, my God. What's that movie called? It's, it's the Ga- night. It's a literal nightmare movie. It's Gaspar No. Yes. Ah, I'm sorry. I do that all the time. The Mummy. No. Climax. Climax. <laughs> yes. Because she's also great in Atomic Blonde. Shout out to Watch the Throne. Like, she's great in everything. 
so I think in an, an, in a different version of this movie that is maybe more Fury Road than this is, because this kind of has the aesthetic, but not necessarily the narrative structure or the like, yeah, gender focus. A big part of this movie is her regaining her voice, which is a metaphor for all sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, taking ownership of her. She's finally she's no longer a prisoner, and like that's such an interesting, cool, empowering thing that this movie's like, oh yeah, she can talk again. It's like, yeah, see, that's where, (laughs) that's what I mean where it's like, it does, it plays by like its own kind of rules and stuff. Whereas like in, if this was, honestly, if this was like directed by like an American, you know, if this was an American film, like that would be way more of the movie, you know, but like it only needs to kind of be mentioned. And like the set, set, setups and payoffs don't need to take 20, 30 minutes. They can take, five minutes right and that's the kind of movie this is definitely for sure because there's all sorts of characters that you're like i want to know more about those people and it's a little frustrating but it's also it's it's not unlike fury road in that you know when they're driving through the desert you see those like people on stilts like dressed like birds you're like what are they doing yeah 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 and like you're like i want a whole movie about them but you're also like i don't need it you know what i mean like and i think there's like there's elements of that here which is like oh there's insane stuff and there's like crazy things like i don't need to know about but like i'm glad is here yeah and then there's like because there's a version of this movie where it's like sofia butella and the girl at the end with the machine gun like Susie, i think and like where they all rally together mm-hmm. to just you know stick it to the man instead of being like kind of saved by cage yeah what's kind of nice about that is cage is like you know they blow his balls off so at least like there's that's that literally happens he loses a <laughs> testicle in this movie that there's the the suit he has has two bombs one on each testicle he also like his arm gets mangled or whatever but yeah he turns it into a sword at one point but i think like that's keeping with the same sort of theme in the point and stuff whereas like I feel like that's what he's doing here is like you're showing how this sort of like aggro aggressive like super intense dude and then he gets his nuts blown off and he's sure you know now it's sort of more acceptable for him to be kind of like helping lead the women to like the new way or whatever like that I don't know it just feels more like stripped of his masculinity kind of yeah like I feel like that's what the movie is it might be trying to say I'm not saying it's right or wrong I'm just saying like from what I gathered like that's why that might be in there because what is refreshing is that there's never a romance even hinted at there's Mm -hmm. no sexual tension there's not even like a like a father-daughter it's just like no we're doing that like I'm I'm getting you and like he's kind of like a gruff outsider, sort of. There's a nice sort of thing. You know what it kind of reminded me of at times? Not that it's as, not that I I, I like this movie that I'm about to mention much more, but like it, it had like Mandy vibes too, okay. yeah. Where it was like that you don't have to explain who this character is. You just have to know that like Cage or Red is going to get like his axe from him, or you don't have to know who that guy is. You just have to know like oh he's he's feeding him information or directions right. or something like that. Like he's just serving its purpose in the in yeah. the story. And like this movie has a, like I feel has a lot of that going on for it too. And if you can sort of flip your your switch your gears, I think that it's uh, more enjoyable if you can kind of. I, it took me like half the movie to think like that to go like oh I don't need to know like this guy's backstory. I just need to know that like. He's a badass samurai guy, and I'm not sure whose side he's on. <laughs> right, because yeah, there's this guy who it, the movie sets up is going to be... Because I think it's clear that the governor's not going to put up a fight. Yeah. And he just gets, like, so people tell it, like, I think rightfully so, gets to kill him in the end. Like, that's, that's not Cage's kill. That shouldn't be his kill. Yeah. I mean, it, there, he has a right to, because this guy, like, made him into a human bomb, essentially, right? <laughs> like, there he he 
would be justified in killing this man, but it's more so her re-empowerment or yeah. whatever, right? So it makes sense that she killed him. But the movie sets up this guy who just like the first time we see a sword fight in this movie, Nicolas Cage kills two people or beats two people with a sword, and he's not even ha- he doesn't even have a sword. He's just, just his bare hands, right? Yeah. He just like you know outmaneuvers him or whatever. But this guy is like. And I said during the movie, like, it's kind of like the John Wick 3 thing with Keanu, where it's like those two guys are just such fans of John Wick in the world that, like, they're not going to kill him. They, they, they want they're, – they're supposed to kill him or whatever, but they want it to be a fair fight, and they want to mm-hmm. give him a chance. And they want to be the one to do it. Yes. Yeah. And so this feels like this guy is not – like, a, he's kind of a guardian angel, but a guardian angel who ultimately wants to be the one who kills – yeah. Which is a wild thing. That's just a cool idea. <laughs> and so you thought at the end, and I think it's it's fair to believe that, like, they were going to go back to back and they're going to team up. And he's like, you know, I, I'm free of this guy, too, now, and mm-hmm. we're going to take on the world. It's just like, now he just kills some other dudes and, like, protects Cage a little bit, and then they fight. So yeah. it's just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Not a good thing or a bad thing, just an unexpected, maybe non-American thing. Man, you know what? It was really cool that I wish also had like a lot more going. Like, so they have like that Rat Man guy, and yes. he's got all of those um, those trucks, right? Mm-hmm. It's like um, so. Like, I've seen like back when G Four was a network, they did like a special on those trucks in Japan, and they're, okay. and they are like real. Like, they just deck out these tractor trailer trucks. With like like just the cabs, like the Optimus Prime part, right? And they deck them out with lights like that and everything. And I, I don't know if it's still around or anything, but it was in the movie. And when that happened, I was like, oh, that looks so gorgeous. Like that's the neon soaked sort of like part of the movie there. But I wish that was sort of introduced a little earlier and paid off more. But it's just one of those aesthetic things where it's like something cool kind of in the background that exists in this wacky land, uh, this like outland that we're, you know just trying to populate with as much weird shit as possible. Which I think works, and I think they're able to do because of what we were saying before about the lack of plot. And not in a bad way. It's just like, you know, when we were doing, again, for Too Fast, when we were doing the Lone Wolf and Cub, it's like, this just feels like a TV episode. It's just Mm -hmm. like, they got to go get that guy or whatever. Like, it's just, you got to go get the girl and come back. And like, if this was a series, it's like one episode, right? It's just like, you know, she ran away, go get her. Yeah. If that was the entirety of the thing... You can do it in like half an hour, maybe forty minutes, because they're it's they're building out the world, or they're just showing the weirdness or whatever. You're able to like get weird with it. Yeah, and I think for me, what else? What I really wasn't expecting that that was really great that I was very surprised they do is they sort of have that little like Thunderdome moment where they talk about like the before times, yeah. you know, and it's so great. And it's like, well, you really didn't need to do that, but. But it like you mean like the Greek chorus you're doing like the slideshow essentially yeah, yeah yeah and they talk about how like basically we are living in what used to be a nuclear power plant that exploded and yep. like they all kinds of horrible like tragedies and wars like happen here and like oh the earth is poisoned and and like it was nice to see that all this actually started from a like a familiar place like a real yes. place, like our world and then it just sort of shifted into like this nightmare land it also almost reminded me of like Adventureland did you ever watch that cartoon no Adventureland so like it apparently takes place like I don't know if it's canon but like people are like oh it's the far distant future okay. after like all kinds of atrocities and the earth has like rehealed itself and stuff. it was like almost thought of that like while watching this where it's like this weird like nuclear soaked like yeah like alternate world because like what's weird and cool about the world in which this movie takes place is that outside of the governor's tyranny 
there's not like equality, but it feels like everybody has carved out a niche and they're just kind of doing their thing. And maybe it's just surviving, but it feels like, you know, they're on the way back to something, right? Yeah. Like Ratman's doing whatever Ratman's doing. And like, there's other places and like, they all have their mythology and they all have like their beliefs or whatever, but not a good place to be, but it could be, I feel like it could be worse. Yeah. Which is, I think an interesting, like we're, we're coming at this world, I think in an interesting time because it feels like. Do you think that the fall happened between the bank robbery and current day? See, that's not even clear. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like think, was Nicholas Cage I, in prison. For I guess all it of would that? have to because his partner is the one that became like that's true. The jail dude. Yeah, unless so, he like found like he he was like toxic and he found like a vat of acid that he <laughs> fell into. Right. So somewhere between yeah, like the opening and, and when yeah, we when we see him again. And I'm saying like 15 because like they show. At that time, there's, like, a young girl who's probably about 10. Yeah. Who is Sophia Butella, who's probably about 25 or 30, right? So, like, 15, 20-ish years, whatever. So, like, there's a there's so, a gap of time. Yeah. In real life, I think she's, like, in her late 30s. Is she really? Yeah, I think she's, like, 39, actually. Wow. Well, she looks great. I mean, she looks young. I don't want to say she like, looks great, but, yeah, like... Yeah, she's 39 in real life, so... But, like, I think in so, the movie, she was supposed to play much younger. But I always she, thought she was much younger. Because, I mean, I didn't know her until Kingsman, which is five years. She was like 35-ish or whatever. So, yeah. okay. She okay. looks very young. She's got that, you know, sort of face. Yeah. So, that's interesting. Like, there's there's time that elapses because mm-hmm. I don't think it's, you know, if you were like, oh, no, that opening scene is also after the fall. But, like, there, it's like a bank. Like, it feels like more modern sort of society, right? Where it's like yeah. everybody is kind of prim and proper and there's, like, color and there's life. And there's color in the new way, but it's, like, artificial color. Things just feel like wrong or worse like we're in this place called like samurai town okay mm-hmm. and like i think i leaned over to you i was like something feels like it feels like almost like a nightmare or something's off like there's like those ladies with their heads poking through like the signage that oh, yeah. are singing and You're that, like, what? it's like hell or something like yeah. like the imagery is like hell you know and it's all twisted and weird and all like the people laughing at each other and all that kind of stuff so like it feels like things spun out out of control and then like People like the governor, much like in, like, Walking Dead, the governor. Like, sure. takes over, like, a village or a town, you know, and all of his henchmen run it. And that's why, like, everybody in the town has, like, a gun or a knife ready to point a cage or something like that. Well, because it's an interesting blend of, like, maybe it's, you know, it's it's obviously a lot of Japanese culture and art and cinema and everything is based on or grounded around or whatever – the nuclear fallout, right? Because, like, that happened and, like, that just... Yeah, and also, a, and recently, too, with, you know, what just happened, like, a couple years ago with the Fukushima plant yes. and everything. Yeah. Yes. So. And so there's that element of it which is there. And so I think they're paying homage to the ancestry of their country with, like, samurai stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's also the kind of, you know, like you're saying, the governor of kind of the Wild West, like, it's literally a Western at times. Mm-hmm. Like, since we last recorded... Since we recorded Pig, you know, Cage signed on to do a Western, and that's all you've been wanting since yes. the very beginning. <laughs> but this is kind of, I mean, at t- it's not really, because he's not like a cowboy, because right. he's got a sword. Right, right. But this is closer to a Western than we've had. Yeah, yeah. It's like a neo-acid Western or something like that. And I feel like that's something uniquely Japanese, mm. where there, I don't think that there's other, maybe there are that I can't place, but like the combination of like guns and swords... Right, right. That sort of bullet ballet kind of thing yes. as well, you know, right. And I also think of John Woo, who's Chinese, but like, yeah, there's so much of that samurai action kind of stuff. And 
Um, I can't remember what, maybe it was like Zatoichi where someone did have a sword and a gun at like the same time. I might've been watching that on like a, on like a uh, anime or something like that, but you're right. Like it does feel because Americans never fought with swords. Right. Really? Right. Like (laughs) we didn't even have like the broadsword like they did in like old England and things like that. It's always just been like the gun. That's a very nice sort of addition visually when you're dealing with the action stuff too. The samurai sword is obviously like kind of uniquely Japanese, but aside from like broadsword, like that kind of sword is just Japan in both reality and cinema, right? And so (laughs) then to blend in guns and like that's what's in, you know, in his other movies too, the the two others that I've seen, right? Where they're kind of like action-y, weird genre hybrid mashups. It's like, how do we merge aesthetics in a way that is like cool and emotionally satisfying and interesting and like authentic in a way? And like, it feels like it shouldn't work. Like, I know you said, you know, there's a lot going on. You don't know how well it works. But, like, it could have struggled. Like, it could be way oh, worse. Like, this yeah, is, yeah. this is I think, close as close to the best case scenario mm-hmm. of this much going on as anybody has any right to expect. Yeah. I, w- I got to see this guy's other films. And I, I wish more people, like, kind of. I wish more people in the industry were like aware of of him and stuff because of just the, just going off this movie alone, the amount of sort of influence you can see and stuff that he's squeezed in that actually like doesn't contradict itself or, or play against like that actually works. Yeah. I was like, this is the kind of mind you need to do like a live action Akira because of like all of the references going on sure. in like Otomo's head too. He's drawing from the same stuff, like motorcycle gangs, samurais, psychics, like government conspiracies, like nuclear fallout, like all the same kind of stuff. It feels like it's in here in a weird way. They feel kind of connected just thematically with all that stuff. I mean, there aren't any psychics in this movie, but they're damn well kind of might be. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I think that also what's nice about this is that it's, again, the ambition, like Hollywood does not reward this kind of thing or right. encourage this kind of thing. Like there's yeah. plenty of movies like that. And I mean, not like this. That's a very strong phrase. Not movies like this, but movies that are closer to this than anything that people are just like, oh, action movies aren't any good anymore. It's like, well, just like go to Indonesia, like look anywhere outside <laughs> yeah. of America. Because like yeah. here, not that America, not that Hollywood makes bad movies, because there's plenty of amazing, great movies that I love. But it's like... If you want things that are fresh or unique or genre or whatever, it's out there. You just have to, like, watch a movie with subtitles. And this is kind of like the yeah. hybrid inner – because it's mostly in English. There's some, like – I think there's some made-up language, too. Probably. Where, like, there's, like, that woman like, – you know, not a psychic maybe, but maybe a psychic. Like, that kind of, like, woman who, like, speaking that's not subtitled in, like, her, like, Greek chorus. Yeah. Echoing what her. she says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So – I don't know, man. You also pointed out in terms of like what you're saying before about Akira, like there was like a wanted poster of like with like an anime character on yeah. the poster. Yeah, I think it was like Lupin from like there is a. I only mentioned because I was surprised there's a live action show on on Netflix or something about the thief, but Lupin the Third. Yeah, I was like, oh, that like and immediately though I was like, oh, we're gonna get maybe like a live action anime here, and at times it did. It does feel like that. What's strange, and what I know what I'm about to say is strange. But what's strange is that for as insane and over-the-top and futuristic and sci-fi as this is, it's fairly grounded. 
Like, yeah. May- maybe the testicle bombs are, are <laughs> although I'm sure that... Well, just so- surviving it, I think, is where I had to go, like, all right, like, I don't know if anyone could really survive getting a nut blown off in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like it's very precise, and, like, it doesn't explode, it just, like, severs it, and he, like, pulls it off, and then just falls down. Maybe that's it. It, like, cauterized it's- the wound or something at the same time. There's not supernatural or super realistic or hyper realistic stuff. It's, and I mean, like that, not hyper realistic as in like grounded, but like stuff that's beyond the realm of explanation. Like there's no yeah. magic here. There's maybe one moment, right? And it can be explained. It's like the one time where they can't enter or exit the ghost land is because Cage's ex partner who got caught in like the accident or the incident or whatever, like he appears with his gang and it, it seems like they just come out of nowhere and disappear into thin air. Sure. But they might not actually be doing that. You know what I'm saying? Right. That might just be like how fast they are or what we can perceive of them and stuff. So like that could go either way as well. You could be like, that's not supernatural either. Like, But and I also feel like there are not a lot of, there's not a lot of locations. Like we basically have whatever the ghost land is, yeah. which has like its parts. But then we only ever go back to that one town, the samurai town. Well, I guess there's, there's two towns, right? There's like the governor's place and there's the other place. Okay, yeah. So I think which that is helps. Because like, there's the also like the weird element of like these girls or women or whatever being encased as mannequins. Oh, right, right. To like help them get over their trauma, I guess. They're working out a lot of stuff in the ghost land. By like putting, you know plaster and stuff not plaster but like plastic maybe yeah like baby doll faces almost like trying to get inside the mannequins oh she can't speak because she has to reclaim her voice or something but it's not clear that like because they say everybody loses something right so it's not like you necessarily lose your voice i don't know that's one where i'm just like i don't i can't explain this because that and that's kind of what's like the fun and challenging thing about the movie is kind of like oh they're just keeping themselves there you're like, is that part of it? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's almost like it's, you're like you're free to leave at any time, and it's like there's the door. But, but like, it's where like, are you gonna go? Where are you gonna go? And also, can you even like make it to the door the way you are right now? Right. Because <laughs> she like she escapes, and it doesn't feel like when when she escapes, it doesn't feel like she escapes into a post-apocalyptic world. It just seems like she's like in like a back alley somewhere. But I guess that's just whatever. Like she gets somewhere and then is. But that's Rescued? the other. That's the other thing is like aside from those like locations we mentioned, like we have no clue what's going on on the rest of the planet, right. and and I kind of like that that it's that contained. I think it helps with keeping it grounded and less like because it's so crazy as it is. You can't let it. You have to give it a border. Like as wild as it is, it fits in this like strange looking box. You know what I'm saying? Maybe like five square miles, right? Like not very big because like he. Yeah. Cage bicycles out and then is convinced <laughs> to take a car. But then, like, as soon as he takes the car out to the, the to the ghost land... He's, like, there. It crashes. Well, it crashes. Yeah. But then, like, it seems like he doesn't crash that far because he's, like, it's walkable to wherever he needs to go. Right, right, right. It's two towns and the space in between. What if that's all there is? Ooh, that's everything left. I mean, the alternative is that, like, everything else is normal and they're just, like, they're beyond help. Right. We tried. We can't help them. I think it'd be much more fun to think, like... This stuff's happening everywhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because I guess it's the kind of thing where, like, you know, Night of the Living Dead or whatever takes place in a town, but you have to, like, sort of assume that, like, it's not only happening here, but, like, it's yeah. only happening there in the movie or whatever, right? So, yeah. um, anything else crazy? Because there's so much here to take in to talk about. Oh, man. Any other major parts of the movie? Because we didn't take notes. We just 
soaked right. it in. Yeah, and this is like the second or third time where we sat and watched the movie together before we uh, recorded the episode. What's well, nice that they're cool. they're putting them on demand. Like it's cool yeah. that like we can just like you can come down and we can do this and we can just talk about it and just get it out as opposed to I like seeing things in theaters, mm-hmm. but the theater thing is a different thing. This is just like we watch the movie, mm-hmm. take five minutes to compose yourself, talk about the thing. Yeah. It's Imogen cool. Poots in there somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. It's in the, she's in the cast list. She's in there somewhere. She's probably dressed up as one of the geisha girls with a mask on her face or something. Um, yeah, I didn't recognize that that was Nick Cassavetes. That's cool to have uh, Face Off team up back together. He was uh, Caster Troy's number one man. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Um, I mentioned the thing about the trucks. I thought that was really nice. Um, I mean, it's just really cool to look at. Like... Even if you're kind of like, I don't get this, like, it's just, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't like this or anything. Like, I feel like you could still, like, watch it. Like, it's very watchable. Like, there's just so much stuff going on in the background. And it's it's cluttered, but it doesn't feel unmapped. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it feels like it's all planned out. Like, it doesn't feel, like, willy-nilly. It feels like that needs to be there and this needs to be there. It doesn't feel like that could just throw shit anywhere and you have a ghost land. It's also way shorter than it could be. Like, right. if you're like, this is two hours and 20 minutes, you'd be like, yeah, okay. But it's an hour 40. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, too. Well, they, they stop time in the movie. They do. So. They have guys literally with a rope around a second hand like, on a clock. That, that's the thing. Like, this gets so surreal. Like, I don't, I, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned that word yet. Like, this feels like early cinema things at times. Like, just a group of guys, the whole movie... With a rope attached to the giant clock tower trying to stop time. Like, that is just very bizarre and, you know, what what they were doing with film from the beginning, you know, is like the metaphor. Sure. It's great. I told you when we started the movie, I was like, no pressure to the movie, but like, there are very few movies <laughs> this year that I think are going to come out. Rebecca Dethrone, F9 is my favorite movie of the year. And F9 is not necessarily my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. It's not the best movie that I've seen this year, for sure, but I've seen it now, I think, five times which is stupid, a stupid amount of time considering it came out two and a half months ago. It just came out, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just, it's the whole too fast thing, whatever. But, like, this is one, and, like, this didn't eclipse that, but this is up there. And I will, nice. I can I can almost certainly say that nothing else this year or anytime soon will be like this. Oh, no way. No, I don't, I don't expect to see another movie that came out this year like this. I don't think I've seen a movie quite like this. And I mean like this, there's no movie like this, but you know what I mean, like an unconventional film with like a major star in it or something like that made by a very, made by like a foreign auteur or something like that. Like, I just feel like I haven't come across these in a while. Like, I just rewatched The Lighthouse, okay, but that's an American guy, but that's like super fucking weird and shit and stuff, but that's like the closest I've come to this in like a while. What's cool about the making of this is that it's the blend of... To a certain extent, American cinema, but not really, just a couple American actors, mm-hmm. right, or a handful of American actors with Japanese filmmaking and styles and whatever, the same way that it's samurai and Western and post-apocalyptic and whatever. Like, it's like what's reflected on screen is kind of emblematic of the making of it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, what else has come out this year that, like, would be, again, not like this, but, like, of the kind of... But not like anything else. I mean, The Green Knight is very Yes, weird. okay, that's a close call. That's a close call. The Suicide Squad, for what it is... I mean, again, that's a mainstream superhero movie, but that's also way weirder than it kind of could have been or should have been, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's 
But again, that's not this. No, that 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 is still sort of has a beginning, middle, and end in a very yeah. traditional way. And then there's movies like Undine and Saint Maud and stuff that are like more genre, but they're also like not nearly as widespread or as popular as this. Or you know, not that this is popular or widespread, but like this is, I think. Yeah. It's I don't know, but yeah, The Green Knight is. At times, this this movie reminded me of, like, I recently watched the final Evangelion movie that was released, and I didn't understand a fucking minute of it, but I loved it to, to death, you know, because I love that series and stuff. And, like, you pick up on what you can, and the rest you just try and digest. And, like, I feel like that's, like, this movie sure. where I was like, I don't know that I understand everything that's happening, and, like, I don't need to. And I also don't know that watching it a, a second time would help. I mean, it might. I don't think it would hurt, but no, I don't think yeah. you're like, oh, I need to watch. Like, I'll, it'll unlock for me if I watch it no, again. No, I don't think there's a big secret or anything no. like that. And I think that's part of like how smart it is. Is like it's not hiding any kind of like hidden truths or anything. Right. Everything is right out there for you to to see. Yes. So we have on IMDb four Nicolas Cage movies that are oh. in some form of production. There's the unbearable weight of massive talent, which is due out uh, four twenty two twenty two. So that could be our next. Oh, okay. So about six or seven months out. There's a movie called The Retirement Plan, where Ashley Green and her young daughter get caught up in a criminal enterprise that puts their lives at risk. She turns the only person who can help. Her estranged father, Nicholas Cage, Mm-mm. currently living the life of a retired beach bum in the Cayman Islands. Oh no! All right, that sounds like it could be VOD. Is he doing his best Moon Dog in that? Moondog, Ron Perlman's in there, Jackie Earl Haley's Ooh. in there, Ernie Hudson's in there, Ooh, wait, former but, NBA player Rick Fox is in there. Um, Ron Perlman was in Season of the Witch with him when he played Bayman. Oh, boy. It's... Wait, was who was the witch in? Claire that... Foy. Okay, because that was, I was like, it <laughs> yeah. could have been Ashley Green, but no. Then there's a movie, so there's two that are kind of westerns, two different ones that I did not wait, know about. two westerns. So there's one called The Old Way. An old gunslinger and his daughter must face the consequences of his past when the son of a man he murdered years ago arrives to take his revenge. Action, crime, western. All right. Nicholas Cage in that. And then there's Butcher's Crossing, a frontier epic about an Ivy League dropout as he travels to the Colorado wilderness where he joins a team of buffalo hunters on a journey that puts him his life and sanity at risk based on a highly acclaimed novel by John Williams. So it seems like more maybe like a modern day possibly oh, or I ivy see. league dropout i don't know the other one seems more like when was i mean i feel like i don't know maybe in, by the late 1800s there was an ivy league college in america but i, I don't know either. well i think i mean like harvard was like founded in like the 1700s or something i think right or even yeah. maybe before that so i don't know okay but i feel like it, it'll be it, it's, it's weird to frame it i don't know maybe not but there's two two more westerns i guess if you count this as a western so like you got your wish i still ah, want yeah i still want caged the musical of course. So they made a Valley Girl musical that he's not in. Like, that would have been cool, but... Pirate Cage still has to get up there somehow. True. Cage Club movie bingo. Let's see how many things... And again, I feel like this might be up there just because there's so much going on. We didn't even mention Cage in a Diaper. It's kind of like a sumo wrestler's... Yeah, I don't know what they call it. There's a, there's a uniform, name for it. outfit, whatever. Yeah. But you see more Cage ass in this than we've seen in a while. Lots of cheek. I feel like you also come closer to seeing him fully nude that was funny uh in a way that like we haven't seen maybe since like zondali or something right <laughs> he also looks good this movie. it looks great i think this was shot right before willie's wonderland because if you because i was watching it going he's got the same kind of skin i don't know how to put it but like he looks very similar but in willie's wonderland everything is just a bit longer like he's got longer hair longer goatee and sure. everything. i feel like he came from that set 
to Willy's Wonderland is like, I'm not changing anything. <laughs> well, because I think, you know, it's star- it's startling or shocking or whatever to have come off Pig. And, like, clearly his aesthetic is to match the character. Mm-hmm. But he is heavier and has, like, gray hair and, like, a long shaggy beard and, like, right. does not look like he has taken care of himself. Right. And here it's, like, he kind of looks, like, 10 years younger. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, like, he does. He's got the motorcycle suit on and he looks, like, Kind of like he did in Ghost Rider, you know? Kind of does. Like Cage Club Movie Bingo. A Cage Club Podcast Network crossover. If Imogen Mm. Poots is in there, we (laughs) talked about her so much in the Need for Speed episode of Too Fast, but I don't know where she was. I'm I'm saying, like, if you ever meet her, ask her if she was one of the geishas with a mask on. (laughs) Well, so there's a thing. So Jocelyn Donahue, whom I love from The House of the Devil, and there's also this movie called The Frontier that I love, is supposedly somewhere in Furious 7. And I've looked for her over and over again. She plays huh. advisor. She's like 50th build. <laughs> I don't know if her scene was cut. We've watched the deleted scenes. She's not in those. I don't know where she is. But if I ever see her again, because I met her once at Fan- at South By, I would be like, where were you in Furious 7? <laughs> so a woman is attacked. Yeah, throughout the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Accentuating an oddly specific word. Testicles. That was, that was nice. Adaptation. No, this is not an adaptation. Nope. Airplane or airport. Nope. An attractive woman finds Cage irresistible. No. Another movie plays in this movie. Oh, no. I don't think so. Awkward sex scene. No. No. Bad accent. No. Really, right? Bad CGI. No. I don't think there's any. Billiards or bowling. No. Cage compromises a woman, has sex with a woman. No. Cage cries. He has right to when his testicle blows off, but I don't think he does. It's not. No, I think he passes out before he does. Cage dies. No. Cage drinks alcohol. No? Yes, at the very end, he takes out the flask. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Cage driving. Yes. Yes. Cage eating. No, I didn't see him in eat. No one's eating in this. Cage freaks out. Yes, of uh-huh. course. Cage grunts. Yes. Probably. Cage is a visible tattoo. I don't no, think so. I was looking. We see, we see almost his entire body, right? Yeah. Doesn't he have tattoos? So they covered him up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use makeup. The first we've had in a while since we started doing this checklist Cage in jail, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cage in jail. Cage is a producer, Saturn Films. Yes, yes he was. was... Cage is exasperated, a broken man. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. On screen with an animal. Are there animals in this movie? I don't think so. Cool. I wonder if that was intentional, like they're all dead or something. Maybe. Or they just, they, they went where people can't go. I don't so know. That's cool. Cage on the phone. No, there's no phones. Cage shirtless. Yes. Yes. Top build. Yes. Cage laughs maniacally. I'm sure it happened. Probably, right? Cage shaves? No. Nope. Smokes or does drugs? No. Stands on something weird? I mean, he stands on like that half a clock tower to give his speech. Yeah, it's just like a high point, though. I don't think we have okay. that counts. Starts running. I don't think he ran anywhere in this movie. He Bikes walks and drives. He walks and walks. E- and walks everywhere deliberately. Steals something. Would you say he stole that bike? Yeah. <laughs> Stutters or hesitates? No, I think he's very confident in everything he does. Voiceover? No. Cage voiceover? No. Cage wears a hat? Helmet? He's got that helmet. helmet, yeah. Cage works out, no. His character has multiple names. He basically has zero names. He's yeah, hero. He's, just... he's credited as hero, and people call him hero, but like I don't think... No real name. Crazy eyes. Oh, yeah. Dancing? This is not. This is now just not even... We're past Cage. Did anybody dance? I don't think so. Uh, would you call that dancing? There's like, you know, that weird dancing in Oh, the, the TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. So I'll say yes. Dramatic tonal shift. Few right, like it's it's all it's like a up and downer. It's like we're here and then we're there. Elvis or the Beatles? No, 
Explosions, yes. There is another nuclear bomb that kind of goes off at the end here. <laughs> Extreme facial expression, yes. Flashback, yes. Gambling, no. no. Gift-worthy scene, sure. Just pick your poison. Gold. Gold. No gold. Helicopter, no. Holiday setting, no. Las Vegas, no. This does remind me of Six String Samurai. Okay, yeah, yeah. Where he's going. Have you? Did you see that? You know see, about that? I saw it a while, yeah. Because Vinegar Syndrome just remastered it, and so like he's on his way to Las Vegas after the apocalypse, right? So kind of that. Magic mysticism, no. We talked about that. No, it's, like, yeah. it's lacking, right? Montage, no. No. New Orleans, no. Nudity, no. Not, not really. Not, not full nudity. Overreaction, sure. Yeah. Overt sexism, yes, yeah. but not from Cage, from Governor. Right. Fruit like peaches or bunnies. I didn't see any of that stuff. Red sports car, black sports car, black, black sports car. Religion or spirituality? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. School? No, no schools. Singing? Yeah, they they're weird. Like oh yeah, weird. they're they're weird singing. <laughs> Someone makes a threat. Yes. Someone plays a musical instrument. Wow. I don't think so. This is not Elvis on the steps with the guitar. That's a good point. Someone returns from another cage film. Casavetes. Subtitles or non-credits text, i.e., title cards. Yeah, lots of subtitles. Well, no. Not oh well, I don't think that's what our goal was here. Like okay. not like a foreign language film. I don't know. Maybe I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember the rules. <laughs> the beach, no. Time jump, yes. Titular line spoken. They say prisoners a lot, but not prisoners of the ghost land. Yeah, yeah. Twin Peaks connection. I mean, it's weird as shit. <laughs> but no, right? Not specifically. Right, right. Wacky wardrobe, football yeah. helmet. I mean, no. I mean, he's got. He's got the, the leather, le- the, the outfit with the ball bombs. War? I mean, it's not like war. It's not like with like armies, right? X Files connection. No, yeah. that's it. All right. So not let's bad. see here. Twenty nine. New? No, not new record. Grand Isle had thirty five. Oh, I forgot about Grand Ooh, Isle. Grand Isle. Yeah. Cool. Colorado Space had thirty six. This is twenty nine. So Grand this is... Isle. Come to my crazy mansion in the sale to my crazy wife, and we'll do crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's Prisoners of the Ghostland. Any other thoughts it's about wild. this movie? I, I mean, I liked it. I really had no idea what to expect. I saw the trailer, and I still had no idea what to expect. You know? What's the trailer like? Is it just weird? Uh, the trailer is um, him putting on the suit. You okay. find out that he's got the suit, and he's like, go get my girl back, and if you don't, your balls are going to explode. And then it's okay. just like flashes of weird shit, and then the title screen, <laughs> Prisoners yeah. of the Ghostland. You should see, I think the first one you should watch of his, I mean, I've only seen the two, so it's not like I'm an expert to talk. You should watch Why Don't We Play Why Don't You Play in Hell. Okay. I think you like that best. Tokyo Tribe's also great. I'm sure based on the ratings, I forget what it is. What what we what we say exposure? Love exposure. Love exposure, yeah. He's apparently great. Okay. And I think anti is great. And he's got another Suicide Club, I think is supposedly really good too. Jeez. But I mean he's made a ton of movies. Lots of sex, lots of violence. International, baby. That's a Lynch connection, sex and violence. Sure. <laughs> Um, we just recorded an, El- an episode of Elvis of Viva yeah. Pod Vegas, which will be out in a day or so. So check that out about Wild in the Country, not Blue Hawaii, Wild in the Country. <laughs> That's next. Listen to that episode if you want to do that. Mike also has Third Time to Charm, the third of every month. Monsters That Made Us, the, the last Friday of every month. Yes. Too Fast, Too Forever, and How to Win the Lottery every Tuesday and every other Thursday. But just go to cageclub.me slash shows, poke around. You know, there might not be another Cage Club movie this year, but I'm just glad that we got, we got four. This, Pig. Swear words, Willy. Willy. Wow, yeah, we did good this year. That's not bad. And there's still, you know, there's still time. Three and a half months for a surprise drop. Yeah, because there was a year or two where we didn't get anything to like September, October, and, and then, then like it was four. just yeah. every month. Yeah. <laughs> so 
You never know. But go to cageclub.me slash shows. But for all things Cage Club, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, mailbag, at cageclub.me. Check out our other shows. We've got like 30-something shows, I think. Podcasts almost every day during the week. Check those out at cageclub.me slash shows. And come back next time for probably the unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, we have to talk about news. So that... Quick news. He's never going to retire, which is great. All right. I'm good for that. Doing a Western. Cool. Happy about that. Tiger King went away. Awesome. Happy about that. Fantastic. And I feel like there was another thing, but maybe there wasn't another thing. Was there or was there not? I think that was it. Cool. All right. But a lot of that's a lot of cage news in the last like month or so since like Pig was probably what end of July, early August, right? Yeah. yeah. So good time to be a cage fan. I mean it's always a good time to be a cage fan, but like, you know. <laughs> Especially good time. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time right here on Cage Club. Thank you.